And a blessed Samhain. Welcome back to A Pagan Heart in Maine. First thing I want to do is thank Dee and Heather from Pagan FM for having me on their show last week. I had a wonderful time, and there is something delightfully terrifying about being on live radio. The big thing is, is that it's live. And that's fine as long as you're just sitting and talking in the studio with a couple of people there. But the moment you start to think about the thousands of listeners out there listening, then your brain has a tendency to seize up and just stop, leaving you looking around, wondering where you are and how you got there. A lot different than podcasting, where if my brain shorts out, then I can just go back and chop that little bit out. It was a lot of fun, and thank you, Dean Heather. And I did want to give another quick shout-out for the Wiggly and Way. There's just a little less than a week left to voting for the 2008 Podcast Awards, and you can vote for them once a day, every day, until November 6th at www.podcastawards.com. Now, this is the first episode that I feel I have to put a content warning up front. As part of today's broadcast, I'm going to be talking about Samhain, about life, about death, and about grief. As part of this, I'm going to be sharing some personal stories and tragedy. And I know that what I'm going to talk about may hit close to home for some of you out there. Thus, a warning. Today's episode is not for everyone. To start us off today, here's Lisa Thiel with Elemental Song. Sacred spirits of the mountains, ancient ones who reside here, we offer you our song of greeting, so that our way may be clear. Sacred spirits of the forest, ancient ones who reside here, we offer you our song of greeting, so that our way may be clear. Sacred spirits of the waters, ancient ones who reside here, we offer you our song of greeting, so that our way may be clear. Sacred spirits all around us, ancient ones who reside here, we ask ye now for thy blessing as kindred in the I wanted to share today what Samhain means to me. We'll start with life, 
Now, to try and explain growing up in my family would take up more time than this episode covers. So I'll just say that I have two moms, one dad, three stepdads, eight brothers, and a myriad of aunts, uncles, and grandparents, many of whom who are still here and many have crossed over. And I wanted to share a few stories. When I was about seven or eight, my friend from next door had gotten hold of one of his dad's cigarettes and some matches, and we went behind the house to learn how to smoke. My oldest brother, Wayne, caught us, and he was pretty cool with that. He even helped us out and said if we really wanted to learn how to smoke, we should start off right, and pulled out the stub of a cigar he had. He lit it and had us take some good hits off of it. I don't remember ever being more sick in my entire life, and I've never smoked another day in my life. My mom, Betty, loved to cook, and one of the recipes she taught me was a simple dish called milk toast. You take several pieces of bread and toast them up. Then you break them up into bite-sized pieces in a bowl. You then make a milk gravy by melting two tablespoons of butter and then adding two tablespoons of flour and mixing them together and then adding a cup of milk. You stir over a low heat constantly until it just starts to boil. Remove immediately from the heat and pour over your toast. Add a little salt and pepper and you can have this dish for any meal. You can also add sausage or chipped beef to make the gravy more hearty. The most important ingredient is love. You have to add love to it or it won't taste right. And there's other stories too. I remember playing cribbage with my dad in the winter and listening with him to the Prairie Home Companion on the radio. I remember my stepdad Jerry playing Santa Claus for my younger brothers. And my stepdad Phil teaching me how to drive with a stunt jumper made from an old Volkswagen Beetle. And Samhain is about life. Oh 
And that was Jenna Green with Harvest. Samhain is about life and remembering, and it's about death. Now, I believe that the Western way of thinking, and in particular here in the United States, we have a hard time working with this concept of death. It's awkward for us. When you go to a friend's funeral, we try to find the words to say, some way of sharing with the bereaved that we are there. My brother Wayne died when I was in my early 20s, less than a year after he was diagnosed with cancer. He had been a big, strong man built like a refrigerator, and the man laying in the casket looked nothing like him. The cancer had weakened him, and his body was just a frail shell. I remember touching his hands and saying goodbye, and I remember feeling and knowing that he wasn't there, that his body was just a shell, an empty container. And I also remember the awkwardness of people coming over and saying things like, he looks good, doesn't he? And as a young man thinking, no, he doesn't look good, he looks dead. And of course I said, yes, he does, and saying thank you like you're supposed to do. My mom, Betty, knew she was dying. And the whole month before she had been getting things ready, making sure bills were taken care of and getting all of the household policies and paperwork together. She spent the month visiting friends, 
Now, nobody knew she was dying, and outwardly she showed no signs. I was living in Ohio, and I called back home once a month. We talked about everything, and when we hung up the phone, it was always, Okay, I love you. We'll talk next month. It was on a Sunday that I called, and we talked for a good hour and a half. And when we ended the call, we said, Okay, I love you. Goodbye. And we hung up knowing, but without the words, that that was going to be the last time we talked. That Monday, she went to the doctors for a checkup and was admitted to the hospital that afternoon. On Wednesday in the hospital, she told Dad that she was going to go to sleep, and she did, and she died. And looking back and talking with Dad and how she tied up all the loose ends in life, during that month, she knew. My dad died seven years later. He was in Winter Haven, Florida, at their retirement community for the winter with his girlfriend. And they had spent the Sunday afternoon in the community hall having fun. Dad played guitar and harmonica, and they had a great time partying with their friends that night. At some time during the morning, he had gotten up and walked toward the kitchen and had a heart attack. He never woke up and passed away about 10.30 Monday morning. The hardest part was I had gotten the call that he had passed away. And having to tell my brothers and family, there's just no easy way to do it. My stepdad, Jerry, was diagnosed with lung cancer. For over six years, he battled it with medication, chemo, radiation, and he would have good days and bad days, good weeks and bad weeks. And many times, when it would seem like he was going to die, he would come back. And I would wonder about that, because he suffered a lot, and the temptation to just let go must have been enormous. But he wasn't ready to leave until it was time. And when he did, he quietly left in his sleep, surrounded by family. My stepdad, Phil, lived a life to the fullest and used his body up and then some. He loved life, loved to party, and did all that he could to get the most out of life. In the end, his body couldn't keep up. His heart pretty much stopped working for him and he had a heart pump put in. There were complications and he fought. And a few months ago, he was in the hospital fighting for life and he said it was time. He was on several machines, including his heart pump, and he decided that he was done. With the blessings of his family, he asked for the machines to be turned off. Everyone said their goodbyes over the weekend and they began the process of disconnecting the machines. On Monday, they turned off his heart. At the gravesite, several of us boys stayed behind after most of the family had left. We didn't let the graveyard workers bury Phil. We did that ourselves. We opened a bottle of whiskey, shared a toast, and buried the rest of it with him. Now, why is this so hard? We know that death is around us, and yet we seem to block it out. Or we think that, in some way, we live our lives like we're going to live forever. I think there's a reason for this, and that reason is because we are eternal. We seem to have this whole death thing backwards. We look at life as temporary and death eternal. When actuality, it's the other way around. Death is temporary and life is eternal. Everyone crosses the veil in different ways, but each of us crosses and will cross. It's about change and the chapters in our lives. And we grieve. 
And I want to talk about that when I get back. And the can 
And that was S.J. Tucker with Come to the Labyrinth. Grief and Loss I've been married twice before, and this takes place about 12 years ago in Ohio with my second wife. A lady had gotten into her car, turned the radio on loud, and then she backed out of the driveway fast right into the side of my wife's minivan. Her seatbelt cut into her and caused a lot of internal injuries. She spent a day in surgery to get fixed. She survived the accident, and our newborn son Joshua did not. We buried him a week later in a cemetery under a maple tree on top of a hill. There's a natural order to things. We expect to outlive our parents. That's a natural progression. But what about when the progression is broken? And grief is individual in each person. I can't tell you how to grieve, but I can tell you how I grieved. I can tell you that it took me a couple years to really be able to talk about what happened, and there was lots of tears, questioning the heavens, and the what-ifs. What if I'd been driving? What if she'd been a few minutes earlier or later? Now, I'm a person, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in synchronicities and that even the randomness of individual free will, that each connection that we make, good or bad, is there for a reason. And for what reason this could have happened, I didn't know. Grief and loss. It's important to grieve. We have connections with those we love, physical, mental, spiritual. And the main way that we communicate as living beings is physical, by touch, by voice. And when a loved one dies, we lose the main way that we've learned to communicate. We have to grieve this loss. And yet we also have to heal, to relearn to connect in different ways. Because the soul is eternal, and we still are connected. It's important to cry, and it's important to heal and then let go of your grief. I think there are times when you lose someone that it's easy to concentrate on the death of those you love because it's the last physical connection we have with those we lose. If you forget the act of death, it's easy to feel that you might lose a part of who they were. It took me a couple years before I could let go of the death of our son, and I really didn't want to. 
because I was afraid of letting go of any part of his life. But it was time. And when I did let go of his death, I was able to cling and remember his life. Joshua was here only a brief time, but the changes he made in my life and those of our families will be with us forever. I do not know what my life would have been like if Joshua had lived. I do know that it would be different from the life I'm living now. Shortly after his death, my second wife and I broke up, and I moved back to Maine. If Joshua had lived, would we still have been together? Would I still be in Ohio? Where would I be working or living? I don't know, because that's not my life. I do know that I probably never would have met my soulmate, Oceana, or my sister in spirit, she who shall not be named, or have the life that I have now, today. I may not even have had this podcast. This was the ending to a chapter of my life and the beginning of a new one. And each day is the beginning and end to a chapter. And we don't know how tomorrow's chapter will end. I live the chapter of life I am in now. And I am right where I'm supposed to be now. Great Big Dipper, we are washed by the very same rain. We are swimming in the stream together, some in power and some in pain. We can worship this ground we walk on, cherishing the beings that we live beside. Loving spirits will live forever, we're all swimming to the other side. I am alone. I am searching, hungering for answers in my time I am balanced at the brink of wisdom I'm impatient to receive a sign I move forward with my senses open Imperfection is be my crime In humility I will listen We're all swimming to the other side We are living with the great big dipper We are washed very same rain We are swimming in a stream together Some in power and some in pain We can worship this ground we walk on Cherishing the beings that we live beside Loving spirits will live forever We're all swimming to the other side On this journey through thoughts and feelings Finding intuition my head, my heart
discover all of the gifts we've been given to share have been with us since life's beginning and we never noticed they were there we can balance at the brink of wisdom never recognizing that we've arrived loving spirits will live together we're all swimming to the other side we are living That was Elaine Silver with Swimming to the Other Side. Balance. We live in balance with those around us. And when we suffer loss, that balance is broken. How do we regain balance? We grieve. We mourn the loss of fellowship and companionship. We miss what could have been. Grieve freely. It's okay to cry. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to question. But don't stay in your grief too long. If you live in death and grieve too long, you forget about life. Samhain is about reconnecting with those who have died, and it's also about letting go. Not to let go of those we loved, but to let go of their death. If you accept and let go of their death, then you can reconnect with their life. I speak about my loved one's passings with peace in my heart. I can talk about their death because it's not their death that I focus on, but their life and the connections that I have with their spirit and the continuance of life itself. My son Joshua died, but his soul and spirit are still alive. So even if his spirit has moved on to a new life, I am still connected to him and he to me in this point in time and space. Samhain is a time to remember that and embrace that. It may be a different chapter we live in, but we are all an important part of the story. I know that at some point in time, the final curtain will fall and this story I live will be over. And in that place, when time and space are meaningless, I will meet up with my friends and family from the other chapters in my life and talk about our stories and wait for the curtain to rise again. Friday night, our family had our Samhain ritual out by the fire pit. We called out to our loved ones who passed, and letters written for them given up to the flames, and sat with the cold to our backs, and just enjoyed the peaceful night. And the spirits of those we have loved in life sat with us, and we enjoyed the glow of the warm fire. On Saturday, we had a big supper with friends and family, and then we went out with our drums and sat by the fire. It's been a good weekend. Dark and 
together in ancient song Waiting for the spring to set them free By oak and dash and rowan tree And they dance all night till the sun does rise And spread its beams across the skies Then they'll speak their secrets wise In the arms of the great stone circle And if you go around wishing this very folk Who live within its nine times round You must dance and spin in the arms of the great stone circle Light, light, a fire in the night Jump through the flames, see the flames burn bright See the world through open sight In the arms of the great stone circle Inside in the arms of the great stone circle. And that was Spiral Dance with Fairy Tale. And I want to give a shout out to all my fellow podkin out there. If you go to www.paganheartinmaine.com and click on the podcast for the Pagan Heart link at the top of the page. You can find links to the greatest pagan podcasts on the web and also a podcast alley voting link for most of them. And also again, www.podcastawards.com. Vote now. Vote Wigglyan.
And that was Laura Powers with Samhain Madrigal. And I'm going to call this episode 20. As always, all music on A Pagan Heart is used with permission from the artists. And the background music for today's episode is from Deep Sky Divers. And to close out today's program, this is Spiral Dance with Black Annis. Until next time, blessed Samhain and brightest blessings.
I walk. 